Welcome to episode four of the STB podcast. My guest today is a former NFL wide receiver. Uh, he led the league in receptions in 2013. He is originally from West Palm Beach, Florida. He is a proud Haitian. He went to Mount Union Academy and he was a six round draft pick of the Indianapolis Colts. In this episode, Pierre and I discuss his upbringing in West Palm Beach, Florida, his late start in playing organized football, his Haitian background and what makes Haiti so special to him, what it was like to play with Peyton Manning, and how a very simple philosophy with money led to success, has led to success during and after his playing career. This is an episode you're not going to want to miss. Please welcome my guest for episode four, the great Pierre Garçon. Secure the Bag content is intended for collegiate athletes. Secure the Bag does not provide financial services, financial planning, investment, tax, legal, or sports agent advice or services. Hey, hey Pierre, what's going on, man? How are you? Doing well, doing well. How you doing, man? Great, man. Great, great. It's great. I'm glad to have you on. Um, and I've been a fan of yours for a long time. Uh, we're both of Haitian descent, and you—that's one thing I loved about you in the league—is you—is you rep that Haitian descent proudly. Uh, so I've always been a big fan, and um, had met you once before when you were with the Redskins. So I really appreciate you being on. And My pleasure. Yeah, really. The the purpose of the podcast is you know we want to talk about and highlight guys' careers, their lives, their backstories, some of the stuff that we don't talk about, right? Their financial journeys, mm-hmm. and really, I guess for me. A lot of people know who you are. You're, you're, you're very visible. You were visible on the field. You had a great career on the field. You did a lot of stuff off the field. You're known for your charitable work with Haiti. But where, where did it all start for you? Tell us a little bit about your upbringing. Where did you grow up and what was that, what was that like? Um, well, I grew up in uh, Palm Beach County. I grew up in Belgley, where it's, uh, I guess, a, a suburb, a, a low, I guess, developing city where you know they would call it the hood but it's not necessarily the hood but yes there's more black people that live there than you know white people and there's a lot of spanish a lot of international people that you know live in section eight and you know it was just where i grew up at didn't think about it didn't overthink about it and just it was the world that i was was put into and then i moved to west palm beach when i was in middle school then i saw a different world i was like oh wow this is you know more developed <laughs> but yeah, at the yeah. age i didn't know what developed meant i just knew oh there's more people here but i always missed Bellevue because that's you know when you grow up you don't know you know if you're poor or not you just happy yeah. <laughs> you know uh and then you know i grew up and well, i went to high school and then traveled i went to college and traveled and i was like wow this is a big country <laughs> like you know like yeah. These people are, you know, like the thing that always made me compare my home to different places was the beach. We live close to the beach, but we don't go to the beach. And then there's people that, you know, when you go to college, you go to different places. They've never seen a beach before in their life. And you're like, you've never seen a beach before. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's where I'm from. So like, I thought everybody saw the beach, <laughs> you know, and then I go up there to college and i never seen snow before. And they're like, you never seen snow before? I was like, no, I never seen snow before. <laughs> so I was always open to different stuff because I was like, holy snap, like there's a lot of different stuff, a lot of different people. So, and I was always helping people to, you know, experience stuff they couldn't experience on their own or to see things that they didn't see on their own or just to give them a different point of view. So that's how my background, we were forced into America and we just had to keep growing outwards, you know, helping people. And that's why I enjoy doing That's what Haiti is all about. That's what mom's all about, my family about, because if we help each other, we can get further. So that's why I always did charity work because it teaches me something and I'm helping. Yeah. <laughs> so that's really my background. And, you know, obviously working hard and, and doing what you love, staying dedicated to stuff is, uh, you know, that, that's what's ingrained in us because we came from, from Haiti and we had to work. Like, we were just happy to be in Haiti. So mom was like, hey, we got we to gotta sell this to, to pay the bills, to pay the water bills, to do this and that. You know, it was like, all right, this is what we got to do. There's no question. There's no way around it. But that was how, you know. I always stayed involved with charity, stayed involved with dedication on you know what I love, my job, and staying focused on it because we're just happy to be able to see more and more and more. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so when you talk about growing up, who so it was you, your mom, and and uh, three? You know, I have three older sisters. Um, my dad passed away a long time ago, but you know my sisters were like my mom. My mom worked, 
I was going to school, playing sports, being a little boy, you know, being bad, <laughs> just, <laughs> just, you know, just flowing through life. <laughs> what, and what was the difference when you said you guys moved in middle school and what was that like? What led to that move and, and, and how was that adjustment period? It was just, you know, when the neighborhood gets too bad or, you know, you just, you, you know, you're, you're, you're stuck. Some people don't realize they're stuck, but mom was like, hey, all right, this is not good for us no more. We're in a bad neighborhood. She has three daughters. So like, you got to protect your daughters. Mm -hmm. And we decided to move to a safer community. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, you know, this is nice. <laughs> you know, this is nicer than where we were at. Okay. This is cool. There's yeah. cool people outside. There's kids outside. If you all play sports, we're all going to be friends, you know, and, and that was what made me move from Belgrade to West Palm Beach. It was like, hey, this is safer. Yeah. And what was that? Do you remember? So you get out there and you can notice it's a little nicer, et cetera. But how, what was the transition like for you just at that age? That's a tough age to move. I was I guess I was, when I when I was young, I, we, we traveled a lot because we go to Haiti. We go to different parts of the country because there's migration at work. And my parents, my mom, my uncle, like family was in the migrant migrant workers. Okay. So kind of traveling was normal to me. Meeting new people was kind of normal to me because, you know, we always had to meet people. And I've always hung around my uncle and they are always, you know, older men around. So you're like, all right, hey, just, you know, introduce yourself. And then, you know, you're going from there. So it wasn't really hard for me. Obviously, you miss, you know, obviously the kids in the neighborhood, but I was like, okay, this this neighborhood has actually more kids. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so we're, just, we're all just going to play football and basketball and, and baseball, whatever sports, you know, is the time of the year. So it was easier. It wasn't easier, but it was easy for me because I've had the traveling, you know, and meeting new people instilled in me. Awesome. So talk about that. So you, you guys used to go back and forth to Haiti a lot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, as you know, Haitian parents are not going to forget Haiti and not, you know, they're they going to find a way to go. Well, my family always found a way to go back. But we always had a lot of family in Haiti, too. So it was like yeah. a lot of uncles and aunties and cousins because we have a big family. So it, we went back a lot. Yeah. What uh, what part is, what part is your family from? Port-au-Prince and Leo Guyton. Mostly Leo Guyton is like the suburbs. That I'm sure you probably know, but it's mostly the suburbs by, by the ocean and, and yeah. just, you know, just a, a village, a, a lot of kids and a lot of family. My dad, my family's from, my side's from Cap uh, Haitian. Mm -hmm. Nice. Uh, yeah, Cap Haitian, that's where, that's where my dad grew up. So you, what, how did, talk about your, you know, growing up in West Palm, how did you get into sports and football? Did you play other sports? I know my dad, it was soccer. Soccer was everything, being from Haiti. Um, mm -hmm. Did not get my love of football, didn't get the obsession. For, how did you get into, did you play a bunch of sports? Well, and that's that's the cool thing where we grew up in Bell Lane. There was a team called Glade Central Raiders. Yeah. And I'm sure you heard of them because they were the best team in the yeah. city. And, you know, football, it, it affects everybody in the city. And, you know, in Florida, everybody plays football first. Yeah. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, I'm fast. You know, I, you know I'll figure it out. I can catch. You know, I, like, I, it was just happy to play. So it, it was what we did in the church is what we did after school. It was literally before school. It was literally – as much time as we can, we played some kind of sport. If it wasn't football, it was basketball. If it wasn't basketball, it was kickball. It wasn't soccer back then, it was kickball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so we played kickball. So, you know, sports was just what took up 90% of my time when I wasn't at home or in school. And yeah. it was unorganized sports. It was just, hey, we're outside. And when I moved to West Palm Beach, we, we did organized sports where it was travel soccer, mm -hmm. travel basketball, travel football. Football was expensive and it was at a certain time of the year so I couldn't pay for it and I couldn't play but travel soccer was free and it was year round I was like all right I'll just do travel soccer and I just kept excelling at anything I did and it just kept doing I played soccer through high school I played football didn't have the grades uh in high school that's why I learned that you have to do you know schoolwork <laughs> to yeah. play on a sports team and so I was like okay I do want to play sports so let me do what it takes to play sports I didn't too much care about school because school just was, I couldn't sit still. I couldn't, you know, this pandemic has stopped my growth because Zoom, everything's over Zoom now and I can't learn through Zoom. I can learn in person physically. Yeah. So that's how I was growing up. I was like, all right, so if I have to do good in um, school to play sports, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And just kept doing it. And I played high school football junior and senior year because I couldn't qualify my freshman and sophomore year because of the grades. So you didn't but I didn't qualify. You didn't, play uh, football. you didn't play high school football till your junior or senior year. But I always played football. I was always a football yeah. player. I just didn't have the grades. I didn't like, yeah. you know, 
you go over the summer, your, your, your grades don't transfer, your GPA. It was like, oh, all this math things from last year, last year. Okay, get your grades up and then you'll be eligible. I'm like, okay, that's what I'll just do, you know? And I just kept getting better. And then in college, you know, you, I learned like, hey, these grades follow you, so you can't go to the NFL without having good grades. So I was like, oh, all right, let me just start studying because I know I want to go to the NFL. Like, I'm going to get there. I just need to know what to do to get there. And that's how, you know, football came. But I always knew I wanted to be a football player because we played such a Raiders inspired me. <laughs> you knew from, even if you weren't playing organized, you knew, hey, I, football is the path. That, that well, well, I knew sports was like professional sports. I wanted to play professional soccer, but down in South Florida, professional soccer is not as popular. Yeah, yeah. Football is everything. And I was like, all right. Football, I love football even more than soccer because, you know, I like running, hitting, and lifting and doing all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, but I was going to be like, I'm going to go pro at something. I, I, I don't know what it's going to be, but whatever I decide it's going to be, I'm going to do it. And your your mom was supportive of of the football and, and what you wanted to do? Well, yeah, it was like, as long as you're not in trouble, as long as you're not getting hurt, you know, <laughs> go do it. Enjoy it because, you know, at some point, you know, you, you're happy because I go, I go home, go outside, come back in late and just go straight to sleep. <laughs> and she likes it. <laughs> like, no family likes it. They're like, all right, you're staying out of trouble. You're using all your energy. And then, you know, you're, you're being a kid. Yeah, yeah. So when you're in high school, in your junior year, when did you really start to see, hey, I can play this in college? And what, what was that recruiting when, process? When I, start, when I started getting recruited, it was like, oh, you think I'm good enough? I'm like, all right, I think I'm good enough too because my high school team wasn't that good, which we had talent. We just wasn't organized enough or we just wasn't yeah. consistent enough. And, you know, you get overlooked because if you don't make it to the playoff, the high school, the colleges aren't recruiting. But they had D3 uh, college fairs where other schools come down to South Florida to, you know, just recruit players that, you know, fell through the crack. And I was one of those. And those guys were like, hey, we want you to come up for a visit. And I was like, all right, a free flight to check out a college? Sure, why not? Like, what's the worst that can happen? <laughs> yeah. How many schools did you, did you visit? I uh, visited Norwich University, and, you know, I ended up going there for my first year. It didn't transfer to Mount Union. And where, where is, where is uh, what's it? That was in Vermont. Norwich University is in Vermont, and that was like a military school. But I was like, they were like, hey, you don't have to be in the military. You just come up, you know, go to school, get your grades, and play football, and, and work out, and, you know, stay out of trouble, and, you know, just – you know, be a good model citizen. I was like, all right, sounds fair enough. So your thought was, hey, so you wanted to play football. There were no real, like, power five offers or big offers. You kind of fall through. No back. chance. This place calls and you say, go to Vermont. Did you, have, did you, was it even a second, was it like? Well, I was questioning, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have much credit because there were other schools beat down my door. Like, hey, we want you, we want you, we want you. Like, there, you get letters, but you have to follow up and, you know, it, 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 they're not recruiting you heavy. It's like, hey, do you want to come or not? And I'm like, I don't have no other schools and I can't stay here in West Palm Beach. Then, you know, I just have to go, you know, where I'm wanted. And then I'll work my way up somehow, some way. So it was, yeah. So there was no, you, it was kind of like, I want to play. And this is, this is where I got to go to play. This is where I'm going to go. So tell me about that. Tell me what that transition was like from Florida to now to Vermont. Vermont. <laughs> like I said, I, I grew up traveling, so it wasn't crazy to me. You know, I was always like enjoyed, you know, seeing new places and doing different things, but it was just cold. But that helped keep me inside to do schoolwork. <laughs> it was super yeah. cold outside. It helped, you know, help keep me, you know, undistracted. I wasn't distracted by anything because I knew nothing was going on because it was super cold outside. And, you know, I worked out more. I studied more. I actually got better grades in college than I did in, in high school. But, you know, I had more isolation time, yeah. but it was much needed because, you know, I was like, all right, I can finally get this schoolwork done and get help for, for the schoolwork. And it all started becoming easier and easier because I could focus on it. Yeah. And more time. <laughs> yeah. And how was, you know, we, we do a lot of work with uh, collegiate athletes and football programs. What was life like financially for you at a, at a, <laughs> right, you're not in Alabama or Florida. You're mm-hmm. at this school in Vermont. Do you remember what that was like trying to make it financially? You know, you know, it's funny. I I, I was always good with money because I helped my Haitian parents are entrepreneurs from day one, <laughs> and their child their child is gonna gonna help them regardless or not. Um, but I always enjoy helping my mom. My mom was a business woman. They sell anything and everything. My uncle, my grandma, we were always you know 
doing something, selling something, cooking or, you know, selling food that we made. So I always grew up with money in my hand. I always, because my uncle always gave me money. My, you know, I have a lot of family members. They just, you know, that's that's the job of an uncle to give your nephew some money so he can feel good about himself, you know, and take him and show him how to work. Like, hey, this is how we do it, and like, this is what you get for working. So I always had that, but I didn't, I didn't think about like loans and stuff like that. Like, that's a whole other financial thing. <laughs> I didn't know nothing about scholarships. I didn't know nothing about you know grants and fine, you know. Yourself. So I was like, all right, they're, they're going to pay for this part. Just fill out this loan and then you can go to school here and, and get these scholarships. We're going to help you get these scholarships. We're going to help you get these grants. You just have to do what we actually do. And I'm like, okay, the schools, my mom only had to pay like a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars. Okay. Like that works out. I can help out somehow, some way, but I, I never really needed to spend money to make myself feel better. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so that was that was always just like all right cool just save your money like if you're not if you if, if you don't need it don't spend it because you know at some point you're gonna need it that's what we're always saying hey, just save your money at some point you're gonna need it but don't be in a rush to spend it yeah yeah um so you kind of just had that instilled in you so that kind yeah. of made it easier you knew how to manage what you had mm-hmm. didn't have that problem of trying to keep up with other people that so many people yeah that trap yeah fall into so then you transfer to uh, Mount Union tell what was that experience like because you know that's kind of where we you know we know you and that's kind of where you get on that bigger stage and and tell me how that how did that uh how did that my e was amazing because you know i I was like i i contacted because i was hey i want to transfer here like i heard if i go up to division one i have to sit out of here and i don't want to sit out of here because if i sit out here in football i know i'm not going to be you know in the same position i was last year so my e was like, all right, yeah. So I sent them a tape. They replied. They emailed me back, and they started sending me applications. I was like, all right, cool. This is what I have to do. You know, now I know a little bit more because it's the second go round of you know applying for a school. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, all right, what what do you need from me? And just they they were helping me. And they're like, hey, this is the day. This is what you got to do. This is what you have to do. I did all of that, and I just and I showed up on campus, and they were just very welcoming. Like, hey. You know, this is this is Mount Union. <laughs> this is the workouts. This is our, our show update, and this is uh you know uh, our conditioning test works for me. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Like I'm here to play football. Like you know, like yeah, yeah. conditioning test. That's not a problem. You know, filling out these paperwork and getting the you know all this stuff that might be harder, but I will get it done because I want to go here. You yeah. know, like this is this is Mount Union. They're 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 winning before me, so you know they don't need me. I need them. I want to be here. So I'm gonna do what it takes. When you got there, was it was there any growing pains, or did you just hit the ground running? Not hit the ground running because you know I, I sit them my highlight tape. I sit them you know what I can do, and then I show up ready to do whatever that's needed to be done. So it was like, hey, we both on the same mission. Like <laughs> we're trying to win. You guys already been winning. I need to be on the team that's winning. That I'm gonna be prepared. That it's not my fault that we're not winning. I'm gonna make sure that listen, I'm ready to go. And, yeah. and that was always my mindset for for any team, any time, like, hey, we're on the same page. We're, we're going. And, you know, we, and the Mountain Union just keeps winning. Like, they literally yeah. <laughs> just yeah. keep winning. And sometimes it actually get frustrated because in the first quarter, we'd be up by 28, 28 points, and we're like, all right, let the younger guys play. <laughs> yeah, <you laughs> They're like, hey, I didn't get to do that yet. It was like, all right, just save it for next week. Save it for the playoffs because, you know, that's what we really need. It was like, all right, that makes so much sense. Yeah, and then you guys, you guys won two titles, right? Two titles, yeah. Two titles, played in three national titles, uh, and uh, won a, a, a national championship in track and field as well for four by one. Oh, awesome, awesome! Yeah. So you had a great, great experience. So, at what point when you were at Mountain Union were you? I know you always thought you were going to go pro, but what point did it start? Did you start to see the interest in like really going to? It was. It was after after my junior year where a scout came to our school for like they were. Uh, just just measuring the, the 40 yard dash. I'm like, hey, we want to test you out, see, you know, if you're if you're qualified. It was a St. Louis Ram Scout, whatever now. He was like, hey, we want to see what you can do. And we're gonna come and test you in the 40 and all this other stuff. So like, all, right, all right, cool. You know, this is what I've been waiting on. <laughs> like, that's why I was running track so that I can always be faster. So I was like, hey, like I know I'm gonna have to run the 40 yard dash. If so I'm gonna go to the combine, I gotta be fast. And I knew what I was up against. I was like, all right, cool. Like, that's when it was like, we're watching you. I was like, all right, cool. And he still got to play the senior season and do well. But there's some interest, you know? 
And did that yeah. change your approach? Like, you know, when, when that starts to happen, did it change your approach or were you or it just make you made you hungry? How did you view it once you realized, hey, this is really it, 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 it doesn't change your approach because I already knew where I wanted to go. But it does add a little bit more stress or, or, or work ethic to it because you're like, hey, like I, now I have to perform, you know, instead of I'm already performing now. I like every game is like, all right. You're either getting 100 yards or you're not. And it's like, yeah. as a D3 player, you got to get 100 yards and you got to, you know, show up at anything that they tell you uh, that they want. And you're like, all right, hey, throw me the ball. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, even though we're up by 25, 35 points, we're like, throw me the ball. Like, you know, but it, it, we all understand football. Like, hey, if you're good, you're going to be seen. You're going to be seen. You're somebody going to be like, oh, this guy has something, you know. It, you know, that's when you just watch the game. You're like, this guy runs different. This guy is faster. He's, you know, he's so big or something. So, you know, that that's what kind of keep it even killed. But, you know, when, when you see, do see scouts at your game and they're talking to the head coaches and they're talking to your position coach, you're like, oh, snap, okay. All right, well, we got we to gotta put 100. <laughs> so let me ask you, did it, take, did it take anything, any of the enjoyment after that away even in a small way, just from the fact that you're nah, thinking, it, you know, nah, I didn't take enjoyment away. It was like, dang, the results weren't as good as I wanted it to be. But I still I did. You know, we still won. I still played well. I didn't get hurt. You know, it was like, yeah, yeah. all right, it could be worse instead of, you know, like, hey, I didn't get four catches, 100 yards. That, that was always the thing. Three catches, 100 yards, four catches, 100 yards. So you can average 25 yards a catch so that you, you know, one touchdown or two, you take it to the house. But it was like, you know, the, it could be, okay, one catch, 10 yards, you know. <laughs> so yeah. it, it didn't take away the love from it. But we were also winning, so that 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 helped <laughs> not take away the love. <laughs> if we were losing and I'm not yeah. getting my yards, I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, this uh, this is tough. I can't. I'm definitely not making it to the NFL now. So after year, when you're getting ready for the draft, what was your thought? You end up going, you know, in the sixth round. What were you hearing? What was your thought like with that? Man, nobody knew. It was like, hey. You can go in the fifth round or you can go undrafted. You can go in the fourth round, you can go undrafted. You know, nobody knows. And that's just where you're like, all right, I've done all the work. If I get a call, I get a call. Be happy. If I don't get a call, I'm still going to get a free agency tryout. So, you know, it's still like football is still going to go on. Like life is going to go on. I'm in an opportunity where I know a lot of my teammates in college would want to be in. So it, 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 it's not that bad. If you don't get drafted, yeah. <laughs> at least at least you got an opportunity. At least you went to the combine. You know, it's like all right, you made enough noise, but you know, if it doesn't happen, you still got to be able to play football in August. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great mentality. So when you you get to the league, and then what was your first contract? You remember what exactly what it was, and then I was thinking whatever they gave me it was like five, four years, and one million. I, it, it was, it was it, it, I was just happy to get drafted and get a paycheck yeah, <laughs> to, yeah. to, to buy a car to, to to move into somewhere that you know, like it was like, oh man, this is finally finally working. Like my, my first signing bonus was like seventy thousand dollars. I was like, all right, you know, like <laughs> I'll take it. What did you do with your first paycheck? I was asked. What, I had what? to buy a car because I never had a car before. <laughs> so I had to get a car <laughs> so I can go to practice. <laughs> <laughs> what, was, what was your first car? What car did you buy? Cadillac CTS. Okay. Cadillac CTS. And I still have that car too. Um, it's, it's my first car ever. I'm not, not letting it go. <laughs> oh, you still got it? Still got it. Still That's got awesome. it. That's awesome. So what was that like? Going from never having a car to now I'm in the league. And how did that, how did, you know, when you got that money, how did you feel? What, you know, what, what was that process like? You know, it, it's crazy because it was cool, but I wasn't, I wasn't in the moment. I was more in the future. Like, all right, now we got to prepare for special teams. Now we got to, you know, make the team. Like now we got to, you know, like, cause you still can get a sign of most and not make the team. Yeah. And like, you're like, wait, <laughs> I thought I was good for 11, you know, uh, 12, 16 games. No, it, it doesn't work like that because you still yeah. have to make the team. You still, like, you still have to perform. You know, and, I, and they were telling me that, and I was like, all right, yeah, you're right. Like, you know, you can get cut every day, and then guys are getting cut every day. You're like, what happened to him? <laughs> such and such got hurt, so, you know, they needed an extra of this. And it was like, okay, like, so you have to be valuable. So that was the mindset, like, hey, save your money, but be valuable. Okay. Be ready to learn. 
be willing to learn. Like, you know, it, it, it goes hand in hand where you can stay around a lot longer. The more you can do, the better. That's what they always say. The more you do, especially on special teams, especially on offense, especially however, the better. No yeah. problems, no distractions. Just play football, save your money. So you were you you bought into the concept of I'm going to try to make myself valuable any way that I can. Yeah, and as a football player, we all know that. And, uh, like, hey, the receiver, your DB, made the tackle on the running back. If he didn't make the tackle on the running back, that would have sprung the running back for a 70-yard play, and that was your guy. That was your assignment. Oh, okay. Let me not make that happen again. <laughs> you know? So you want to always add value for your assignment. And that was what, you know, they taught me when I went to Indy, when I taught, when I played at Mount Union, when I played at, uh, you know, at Norwich. Like, it's like, hey, all right. But it just kept carrying over to the higher level. The game so, didn't change. It just carried over. So you kept building on what you'd previously learned. So tell, yeah. tell me, tell me you're from Belgrade. You don't play, you know, formal high school football until junior, senior year. You go to the mm-hmm. School in Vermont, then Mountain Union, and now your plant, your quarterback is Peyton Manning. Right. <laughs> right. What was what was that? What was that experience like in totality? But just especially early on, was that were you awestruck? Was that what was that like? What was it like? Yeah, it was it was it was crazy because you know you like yeah, this is Peyton. And you're like all right, um, hey Peyton, like what, like what's next? Like what do we do? Like you know. I know him, he knows me, but I'm not sure he knows me. But, you know, I'm like, hey, I play receiver. What do you need? (laughs) You know, because, you know, like, you know, we're teammates now. (laughs) But it was like, all right, let me help you, however, because I want you to throw me the ball. (laughs) So what what needs to be done (laughs) so that I catch the ball? What what did you kind of learn from him? I'm sure, you know, we all know about his preparation and things like that. What was that experience like seeing him prepare and how how do you think that made you kind of just a better better overall player? No, nah, it was it was great because the whole organization was like that. It was like be a professional, be prepared, be on time. It was like, hey, you're a professional, you like always be professional, which means be prepared for anything and everything, which is your job. So it was like, hey, prepare because this is what we're going to do. It might not come up right now, but be prepared for it because it's gonna come. And when we need, when it comes, we need you to be ready for it. We need you to be on top of it because it's gonna come. And it could be the difference of you know winning and losing. Yeah. And I was like, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> so you had to study, in which you know I realized like, hey, if you can take out all the distractions and study on your assignment, it becomes easier. Yeah, yeah. We we've heard tons of stories. You know, Peyton Manning stories. Do you have any, like, great playing stories or practice stories? Man, there's so many stories. Peyton's a great storyteller. There's a, there's, there's a lot of stories, but, you know, he, he works hard. He he enjoys it. You know, he's hard on players, but he also rewards you, and it's also rewarding because, you know, he's on the same page. And he's, he's all about winning. Like, yeah. it makes perfect It's all about winning. But Payton's Payton's a, Payton's a great guy. He, he he helps out his teammates a lot. He he's very very good to his teammates and friends. Okay, awesome. So from a financial stand up standpoint, you're a six round pick, right? You're you're by NFL standards, meager income. First, when did you kind of going into you got your what your second deal maybe 2012 ish? Yeah, promise. What was that? feeling like when you know you've you've established yourself and now you now you actually get life-changing money what was yeah the- it was it was actually cool you know the the funny thing about when you, when you get life-changing money they take life-changing taxes out of there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like oh my god and then i moved to a city where the cost of living was more expensive. so i'm like okay you know but you I'm also DC, Northern Virginia area, right? Yeah, it was very expensive. But I was like, and they're like, you, you, you can't complain because you're making more than everybody else. So it's like nobody's gonna feel sorry for you that you have to, you know, pay more yeah. in rent. You know? Yeah. yeah. I was like, okay, this is this is this is you know this is this is it. Like, yeah. But it, it 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 I always I was always motivated to play football. So it didn't change how much money I made because on the field we know like hey. This is what we're trying to accomplish. This is how we get to it. Like I had a bigger chip on my shoulder because, like, hey, now this team wants you. You know, now I have to give them what they wanted. Like yeah. that was my mindset. Like, hey, this team wants you. They're showing that they want you. So be ready and play for this team because they are supporting you. Like they're putting it all on you. And I'm like, all right, 
this is this this is this is what I wanted. Yeah. So I just kept playing hard, kept kept stay, being prepared, staying professional, and you know, just giving it my all because that was the easy part on the field. Sure, sure. And then from the, how did you manage the from the financial perspective? You know, with I kept the same mindset. You know, spend the last. Time. I was ask you, what was your kind of spending or view on when you bought a home and family and managing some of those things financially? That the, the cost of living went up, but I was I was by myself, so I, I I you know had I rented wherever I went because I didn't know how long I'd be in the city, so I just saved. You know, I, I caught. Uh, my spending per month did go up, but I, it was just because of where I lived. And yeah. they always say, if you make more money, you're going to spend more money, which is very true. <laughs> so, yeah. but I, I never went crazy on spending because I was never that type of person. I, I didn't really buy anything crazier or newer. I just like saved and saved because, you know, they always tell you like, this is, this is for a lifetime. It's not for, you know, for the moment. So you took that to heart and how, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure family was super proud. Did you get um, anything particular for your mom? Was there anything that you were like, hey, I have to get my mom this or siblings that? The crazy thing about my mom never wanted nothing because she was kind of like me. She was like, you know, like, just save your money and work hard because, you you know, you know, we're we're not poor. We're not rich, but we're not poor. So, like, I don't need a new house, a bigger house or a bigger car. And I like, I don't need that. Like, we're just happy to be, you know, electricity's on and food's on the table and there's a yeah. roof. Like, those were the most important thing, but, you know, I kind of understood that too, because, like, we come from somewhere there, there is no electricity running. <laughs> there is no running water. <laughs> so, you know, you don't have to go bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, it was, it was, it was normal. It was like, all right, just save all your money and then make proper investments. Like, you know, don't blow it. Yeah, so there, there's that transition, and we've talked a little bit about this offline. Mm-hmm. Where, all right, getting the money is one thing and then managing it's another. And then where, how, where did you develop your interest? Because a lot of guys you talk to, it, it's, all right, I get it. I need to save. But then it's, you know, what are the things that you got involved in and how did you feel comfortable taking that leap, getting involved in certain things with your money or, or where to direct it? Or, you know, even some of the, you've done charitable work. How did, mm-hmm. how did you vet ideas out how did you get into certain things i like i really like took my time and like figured out what i really wanted to do you know i knew i had to do a business because you gotta you know after playing football you know you, you still i still like to see money coming in because seeing no money come only money going out is like it's only a month of time before you know there's no money yeah. so i did a lot of research i i just was patient because i was like all right what do i really want to do after i'm done because you're gonna have to do something <laughs> you know but like, what am I really, really wanting? And I, I, I asked the people that did it, like, I was like, hey, how much does this cost? What is this, like, you know, I asked them, like, hey, how does this really work, you know? And, I, and then they start telling you, telling you, like, all right, that sounds cool or it doesn't sound cool. It, it, it sounds complicated or it doesn't sound complicated. And I just kept asking myself, like, what do you really want to do? What, what, you know, what, what would be exciting to go to? And then I got into commercial real estate. But I did the other stuff before I got into commercial real estate. But, you know, that's where I ended up <laughs> finishing at. Yeah, and I think that speaks to being curious, right? I think a lot of people feel like, you know, they, they do something or let someone talk them into it. And one of the things I always talk about is being interested in what you end up spending your money on or, or yeah. what you do, because if that interest isn't there, you're not going to follow through or it's a better chance of not working out for you. So I think it's so important to be interested and actually have an interest in and where you and where you put your money. So you just asked different people and and decided, hey, this is this is this makes sense to me. This is something yeah. that I think I can manage and and, and do. And that, when when did you start doing that? Well, actually, when I got to DC, I did a, a restaurant, a spin fire pizzas, fast casual pizza. Uh, I did that uh, up in DC, and then while I was doing that, couple we did it for like three or four years three or four years. And then I did commercial real estate because we had, you know, we had to rent out a place from the, the landlord. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh you, yeah. Yeah. So you got a uh, pizza spot and you started renting out the place and then mm-hmm. the alert went off and you thought what? Well, the business was tough. The business was fun. I enjoyed it actually. It was good food. It was good. You know, we had a lot of support, a lot of fans, but it was day to day work. It was literally everyday work, which, 
And I was like, all right, cool. It's not a problem. But it was everyday work, which I was like, all right, I can work out every day. I can literally, you know, run every day, bench press. I can do physical activities every day, but like serving pizza every day. Oh man. Like I was like, Hey, I'm not gonna lie to you. I can go play football every day, but I can't serve pizza every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that just was me. I, I just didn't love it as much. So I was like, all right, cool. Let me figure out what I can do every day. You know? Yeah. yeah I mean, and from, hey, we, this guy pays charges this much in rent. How do I become, you know, yeah. not, a, not a, not a renter. Right. So what's, what's, what strikes me is you seem to have a very, a lot of great habits and, curious things that just seem to come naturally, right? Like you, you just have a natural intuition of, Hey, I, I didn't like school, but they told me I had to do it to play football. So you know what I mean? Like it's really, it's interesting because a lot of times things seem easy and mentally people still can't do them, but it sounds like for you, you just took the lot, you, you just took the logical next step in anything that you were doing. Yeah, because I wanted to do it. You know, like you say, if you love something, you got to keep doing it. You got to find yeah. a way to get to it. And that's how I was. Like, I was like, all right, I love playing football. So, like, hey, yeah. you want me to come ready to, for football? I'll come ready in condition and then shape, you know. Yeah. I'm going to do it regardless. <laughs> so, in terms of football, and we, we, you know, athletes, we talk about the financial piece all the time. What were some of the things that you saw guys struggle with or what's one of the craziest things you saw in a locker room where you're like, man – I don't know. What Man, it's, it's, the locker room, there's so much stuff that goes on in the locker room. It's crazy because some guys just don't remember where to line up at. Some guys don't know the playbook. Some guys don't know at what weight they should be at. Some guys can't be on time. And you're like, why is that the hard part for? Like, you got one job. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You know, like, obviously some guys can't learn, but you can't, if you stop a lot of stuff, you can't learn because you're focused on, you know, one thing instead of a hundred things. Yeah. Like guys are losing job because they're overweight. Guys are losing job because they don't know the playbook. Guys are losing job because they can't remember a rule. You know, it's like, how important is it to you? Yeah. If it's that important to you, you'll figure it out. If it's not that important to you, you know, you're like, all right, let me go find something else that's important to me. So I would say, and you might not, I mean, if you if you had to quantify, it doesn't sound like that's a rare thing, right? How many guys would you say you saw have their career or time cut short? Not for talent but for the things that you're talking about, the intangibles where it's just. Man, we, 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 we hear it every day. You know, some player got in trouble by the local uh, you know, police or they got pulled over. It's something like that, that grows into something bigger. And that happens, you know, they, we always meet with NFLPA and they always give us these stats of like, Hey, this is the position that gets into trouble the most. This is, you know, where time frame of the day that you get in trouble the most, you know, like it's, it's their stats. They show you the stats. Don't fall into those stats. <laughs> and you're like, okay, you guys been here before, so you kind of know what you're talking about. Okay, this looks fishy to me. I'm not going to do it. This, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like that. Like, you know, this is what I need to focus on. This is when I, this is where I don't need to be at. Yeah. And uh, cuts out a lot of things. Yeah. So let me ask you, were you, were you, in terms of financially, I mean, that bleeds into financial life as well. What were some of the mistakes or things you saw guys do that you, that just were kind of, you know, you, for you, it comes naturally, but what, what were some of the, what were some of the pitfalls that you saw guys fall into? Man, it's always the same kind of pitfall that, you know, everyday humans fall into, you know, they, they, they buy a new car, they buy a new house, or, you know, they didn't do enough research on the value of something that, you know, they're, putting their money into basically, you know, they've always in, in, in all the cities say, Hey, stay away from, you know, the girls, the spending too much money at the clubs and the bars and stuff like that. It's the same, same pitfalls that, you know, everyday humans have, you know, buying three or four cars, houses where you get a free agent signing to a new city or you drive to a new city and they buy a house, right. Then they get cut by a training camp. You're like, Oh snap. He just bought a house. Like, but that's, you know, that, that, that's, it's not just football players. It's just everyday humans. When you get a lot of money, you're like, hey, I got to spend it. 70% 70, 70 of lottery winners go broke, right? So I talk – Football I talk, players are lottery winners, some people say. Yeah, yeah. and the athletes get a bad rap because all oh, the, the money part, but it's they're not doing anything different than the population, right? You give nah. anybody that kind of money. And then um, talk about – and this is one of the things that is fascinating to me because – as I have learned and gotten in that world, understanding there's a, there's the challenge of you get 
all that money paid out over the season, right? So it's not it's not just you're getting so you're 21, 22, 23 years old, and then you're getting a couple million dollars paid out over a four or five month span, and then you're yep. expected to manage it and budget it, and you can't really even spend it during the season. So talk a little bit about the challenges that that poses, because I know people who have a hard time going from I get paid every two weeks to once a month, <laughs> right? So imagine getting everything over four months and then you've got a budget and you're 22 years old and you've never been around money, you never didn't come from money. So talk a little bit about the challenges yeah. that poses. And, and that's the reality. That's the truth because we get paid for 17 weeks. We get paid for our these 17 weeks and you, you, you there's 52 weeks in the, in the year and there's a lot of time where you know, it's all red, 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 red going out because none of that green, green is coming in. So you're like, yeah. holy snap, like, I have to really learn how to manage because I'm not going to get paid until week one or week two, yeah. you know? And it's like, holy snap, like, it's like an anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> some people can't yeah. handle it, some people can't handle it. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, that was another thing. It was just discipline. I'm like, all right, this is what you can and can't do. And you got to stick to it. <laughs> like, yeah. a lot of, a lot of people have issues that because I didn't even like getting paid every two weeks. If I get paid once a week, I feel better. You know, I walk around happier because, you know, like we win a game, I get paid. Yes, I deserve it. We lose a game, I get paid. I'm like, all right, you know, yeah, I, I still feel like I'm not as bad, but getting paid every two weeks, you're like, oh, this it is payday. Once a month, it's like, oh, it is, you know, it is a payday. Like, you kind of forget. So, yeah. I didn't I didn't like, I don't never like not getting paid, but <laughs> the, the, the once a month, once every two weeks, it is harder on people and people tend to forget, but you know, you just have to stay disciplined. Yeah. So that's one thing that I think people don't really realize is it's it, it, 17 weeks you get paid and you're trying to navigate that for a year. And if you don't have yeah. that, it forces you, I mean, you have to have good habits to manage that no matter who you are, but then yeah. if you don't have the habits and you, you make a lot of money, I mean, it, it is easy and you've got family and friends and people in there and you're, and then the other, yeah, like you said, the other part of it is your, out of season and that's when you're when the checks aren't coming in is when you're actually able to spend the money and taking vacations and doing yeah. all that stuff so i know plenty of stories of guys who by the time training camp comes back in they need that check like it's or some need a loan yeah yeah so you so you've seen that i've seen it all <laughs> yeah. i've seen i can't tell you all i say but i've seen it all i've seen a lot <laughs> 11 years 11 years and, and you know you feel sorry for some people and you're happy for some people, but it's human beings, you know? What you're saying is you've seen a guy like on a contract, by the time the season comes, he needed a loan to, to make it. There's guys in the NFL that take home $60,000, $70,000, $80,000 too. You know, there's guys that take home $100,000. You would think yeah. everybody's a millionaire. Not everybody's a millionaire. Yeah. But, you know, nobody's going to feel sorry for somebody that takes home $100,000. Yeah, yeah. You know, except for the guys that to make you ten million dollars, eleven million dollars a year. You know, those are the guys I gotta feel sorry for. But you're like, dude, reality is that you're still making a lot of money. Yep. And yep. you know, you have to like, hey, that that is true. But money happens. It's gonna be money happens. Discipline is gonna be discipline. Like, guys aren't making as much as we think, but they're still making more than you know a normal person. And they're in, you know, and I, to add to that dynamic, like you said, the locker room where you got guys who there's not many places where you do a job and someone can make, you know, now it's 600 grand, but someone else can maybe make it 20 grand, right? Mm -hmm. 600 grand in the normal outside world, right? That's top 1%, but in the NFL, that's. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's. Right? So you can lose that job tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, the, the, the struggle of trying to keep up with people and lifestyles and, and other people in the locker room, I'm sure gets guys. And that's, and that's where a lot of guys, you know, take the wrong turn. They try to keep up with everybody. It's like, you're not in that competition. You're in a different competition. You're in a football competition, not a money spending competition. Yeah. 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 No, I completely understand that. And then, so you, during your career, as you kind of develop this, you also, one of the things that I, I love about you is being proud and Haitian and, and representing that. Um, I grew up in Philadelphia in the suburb and my parents instilled, you know, strong sense of pride in being Haitian and, and, and family. 
seeing a lot of the things that you've done with, you know, after the earthquake, talk about why that's so important and, and what Haiti and that, that lineage is like and what it means to you. Well, I enjoy going to Haiti. I enjoy Haiti. Haiti is very, very beautiful. Uh, it changed like going to and from Haiti will definitely change anybody's life. And that's how we grew up. Like we, at first we'd hate going to Haiti. Then we're like, we don't want to leave Haiti because, you know, we were having so much fun. We're like, I don't want to go back to Miami now. Like, can, yeah. can they come with me? Can like, you know, like you just it get, you get immersed by everything that's there. And it's, it's, it's fun. It's beautiful. There's beaches, there's food, there's, you know, amazing people. And you will na naturally come back a different person when you visit Haiti or go to Haiti. So I know there's a lot of good people. I, I, I have family still there. There's a lot of good people in Haiti, just in bad situations. Oh. But, you know, it's just like, hey, different parts of the country here is in bad situations. So, you know, I enjoy going to help wherever, whenever that's, you know, doing something positive, something good for the community, something that's helping people feel better, helping people grow, helping people, you know, become smarter or wiser, you know, to help themselves, you know, because that's what we really want. We want to help everybody help themselves to feel better, to to, to succeed, to, to, to accomplish whatever they want to accomplish because you all, you, you, everybody needs a little push and we're, I enjoy giving somebody a push. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's, that's what I'm about because I needed help at some point in Mount Union, Vermont, you know, Norwich, they all helped me and pushed me. And, you know, my mom pushed me, my uncle pushed me. This is just the way I seen it. I was like, all right, you're helping me because I'm going to do what I want, but you're helping me move me in the right direction. That's, that's, that's what I needed. And that's why I want to give back because yeah. Haiti has a lot of potential. It's a you know, we just got to support it. We got to push it. Beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it, it is people. It is. It is. The people are prideful, smart. Mm -hmm. I mean, the first black republic. And, and there's a lot of reasons politically that we could do another podcast about, about why and how it how it is how it is today. I, I actually think I actually think they need a podcast, an American uh, politician, uh, politics podcast for what's going on in Haiti. Cause you know, we, as the younger generation of Haitians don't necessarily understand politics. We yeah, hear it, yeah. but we don't necessarily understand it. So like this generation is, you know, what they call it Gen Z. Yeah. If they start understanding this new politics of what's going on with a fast first black Republican country, things will change because they are the future. Yeah, no, that's a great point. So my, my, my dad, um, he came over in the early 70s and he was uh, he's a chemical engineer, real, you know, came over, um, went to school in New York. My, my mom's from Barbados, so I'm, I'm Bayesian Haitian. And and he was just politics, Haitian history. I mean, I remember being a kid and, and when uh, they hit the presidential election and when Aristide was there in 94 and um, all that stuff was my dad would have two TVs going and the Haitian radio. I mean. Haitian politics was was everything. And as a kid, you know, growing up, I, I I look back now and I appreciated so much of that more than I did then, right? And yeah. you know, my dad, I grew up in Philadelphia and my friends go to the Jersey Shore. And I'm like, I want to go to the Jersey Shore. I don't want to go to Haiti. And then my dad's like, are you out of your mind? Like, I'm seven years old. Not, you know, and, and now I laugh. I look back and, laugh <laughs> and I think about just that pride in, in things that the identity that, that being Haitian was able to instill in me that I carry with me to this day is, is great. And I, I love helping. Any, I think that podcast is a, we should talk, we should talk more about that. <laughs> I think that's a, that's a great, that's a great, great idea because people just see the devastation. They see the, they don't, they don't understand what's going on. And a lot of stuff's going on there now. Um, kind of with Haiti, are you involved in anything? I, 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 I help out. I'm actually, I'm actually promoting, uh, we're doing a hike for Haiti. Uh, helping that's for it. Yeah, that's all, for sure. Sure. Uh, like that, sure. You know, um, we're helping out with different organizations. I enjoy, you know, like helping out. There's no, I'm not a part of, I'm not into politics at all. I'm not into political parties, but mm -hmm. you know, there's organizations, businesses that, you know, they're doing the right thing and want to receive support because they're actually putting in hard, hard work. And then you can, you can you can reward people for putting in hard work. You know, go down to different uh, resorts, go down to different hotels, and stay there and just enjoy the amenities that they have. Mm -hmm. And you know, support and give back to them because that's what you know keeps their lights on, keeps keeps things going. And different um, organizations that are you know have different missions that are doing positive for, especially for the youth and for the kids that you know, especially outside of Port-au-Prince too, where there are still a lot more people that needs a lot of help. Yeah.
Um, also, what what organization? What is Hike for Haiti? Hope for Haiti. Hike, Hike, Hike for Haiti. Uh, they have a lot of kids that you know, as you know, well, you probably go back to Haiti. You can see people walking up these mountains, and, and they're just you know, they got book bags or they got um, goodies or water or whatever, and kids hike up about what twenty three hundred uh, feet or um, up a mountain or down a mountain to go to school a day, and they're like, wow, that's pretty impressive and you know we're we're putting ourselves in that shoes and helping raise money for you know for that organization which uh you know helps out in, in the communities in Haiti. awesome awesome uh last question so we just talked a little bit about it but what else are you doing now right you you've you've you had an awesome incredible career um i guess i got two questions first when you look back at your career what are you what's the highlight for you or what do you what are and then that's tough to come up with one. So you can. I got one. <laughs> All right, what's, what's the highlight for you? Well, uh, yeah, it's tough to go with one. But the, the, the highlight is like, hey, I was we played for the Colts my second year. And I scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. And, you know, my family was there. Like, everybody was there. It was like, ah, like the Super Bowl was in Miami. You yeah. know, you, you oh, can't ask for a better story. Yeah. <laughs> my family was there. You know, we didn't win the game, but I scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. And like, you know, for one for one second or for 15 seconds, you know, <laughs> I was in the end zone in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was amazing. It was a great feeling. It was in Miami, which made it even better. You know, and that was yeah. like the year of the earthquake, too. And it was like, wow. Like, oh, that's right. Yeah. It was like, wow. Like, you know, like. <laughs> that been, was it, it would have been right after it happened. It was, yeah, right out there. I remember when it happened. I remember where I was at. It was, yeah, right, it was that year. It was that same year. Yeah, so the Super Bowl would have been. No, like, it was, it was, it happened in um, January. The Super yeah, Bowl was so usually February. February, a couple of weeks, like early, early, the first weekend of February is always yeah, Super Bowl. weeks later, yeah. Yeah. So it was like, and it was in Miami too, like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I grew yeah. up going down to Hard Rock Stadium, Joe Robbie Stadium, whatever yeah. they used to call it back then. Like, you know, and like I'm in the Super Bowl, my mom's there, my family is there, and there's a touchdown. I scored a touchdown. Like, and Peyton threw the ball. What else could you ask for? Right, right. Right. I can't even be mad. And what, um, talk about what, what are you doing now with your day to day, right? You've set yourself up, you do the commercial real estate. Commercial real estate. Um, I go golfing. I go bowling. <laughs> I'm yeah. growing my compression brand. Uh, it's actually helping with the hype for Haiti, where you know we're um, giving, not giving, we're, we're I'm producing a brand that helps healthcare workers with compression socks, and we're you know we're, we're I wore compression socks when I played, and mm -hmm. you know I, I needed them to play because <laughs> we have injuries and all that stuff. Yeah. But yeah. I'm growing that brand. Um, and we're just, just working and pushing it, just doing things that I love. I'm just trying to keep growing, keep running, and just be happy, really saying true. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Love it, man. And uh, where can people follow you? Uh, Instagram, Pierre Garceau, Facebook, Pierre Garceau. All, all of my name is simple. Okay. Awesome, man. Well, I, I really appreciate you uh, joining us. And uh, yeah, I look forward to talking to you again soon, man. Thanks a lot. For uh, let me know. Anytime. Anytime. Appreciate you.